And good morning again to everybody and to those that are logging into Facebook or onto YouTube later. We want to welcome you. Before we send the kids down for Children's Church, we have a, uh, a Bible presentation and, and baptismal certificate presentation. So if Wes and Bree will come up, uh, we'll get those for you. You want to just stay up here with me, Aspen, and, and help me preach? All right. You should go over there and sit down. You'd probably do a better job than I could. Bible and certificate. And it's our hope that, that God's word will, will lead you not only as a couple, but individually closer closer to God. Did I give them the wrong ones? I'm sorry. But uh, bring you closer to God in your study and your walk with Him. And we're just super proud of you, and we're love, we're proud to have you as part of our family. All righty, let's see here. Children's Church looks like Glenn and Donna. So uh, 12 and under, head over for that. <laughs> I surrender all 177 as they're heading over. Right, good looking bunch of kids. Awful good to see that kind of youth again here with us. Reminds me of back in the 90s when we had so many kids here, if you recall. Good to see that again. Good to see everybody out this morning. And uh, good to have you here with us. Again, if you're logging into Facebook or YouTube, we're glad to have you. And, and also, it's a privilege for me to share in God's word with you. And, pleasure to be here. As you may recall, a few weeks ago, we kind of had to bust this series up with, with Mother's Day and, and when Josh was here with, with us for Mission Sunday. But we're going to finish this morning uh, the series I started a few weeks ago about the coming of, of the Lord, a series called His Time Grows Closer. Uh, we can see on this side of the cross and know that many generations have passed since the ascension of Christ. And, and it's really easy to think that this generation that we are in may do the same. We may live and, and live our lives and, and pass on to the next life before Christ returns. And, and that's possible. I'm not saying that, that I know when Christ returns. He, he said himself he didn't know when he would return. But I think if we look at what the scripture says, and that's been the focus of this study, uh, we see that uh, what Jesus said the signs would be when he would return are in place and, and becoming more in place and more commonplace each and every day. And I believe that uh, personally from that, and th this study and other studies, I believe that the, the generations that we have alive in this building today uh, will see the return of Christ. I'm fully convicted of that. And we've all seen some things that line up with the scripture of what Jesus said. It's his quote. It says, so as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And we'll see this in scripture here in just a minute. Uh, he also talks about Lot. And I'm sure that many of you, if not everyone, has heard about the controversy with Anheuser-Busch 
and they're advertising through Bud Light with the transgender uh, spokesperson. And, and, and I bring this up for a reason, not that obviously I'm promoting that, but it's, uh, it's, it's funny. It's not funny, it's sad as they pay the price for promoting perversion. The mockery of God's creation and a man and a woman. And that seems to be the target for today. That we're targeting God's very creation. You may or may not be aware, I wasn't aware until I began to look into this. And stick with me, there's a reason that I'm going through this. Sports Illustrated. Uh, many people have taken Sports Illustrated, read Sports Illustrated. It's almost a household name. One of the things that Sports Illustrated is noted for is their swimsuit issue. I remember as a teenager, I used to, couldn't wait till the swimsuit issue came out of swim. Not anymore, honey. <laughs> um, much to my surprise, I'll give you a guess who or what is on the front of Sports Illustrated's swimsuit issue for 2023. It is a transgendered girl. It was a, it's a man that has been transformed through surgeries and medication to look like a woman on the front of Sports Illustrated. Now, again, I'm not promoting Sports Illustrated. I'm just saying these are household names. These are names that we have all grown up with all throughout our life, and I got to thinking, well, I just wonder how many more household names there are that's associated with this, and, and if you will, go ahead, Austin, and kick over to this next slide, and I'll let that be let you be ruminating on, on this as I'm saying this, because I thought to myself, well, I wonder how many more household names are openly supporting this lesbian, transgender, mutilation of the human body, the mutilation of God's creation, are they openly doing this? And I'm going to give you just a real short list of some company names. You may have heard of some of these. Coca-Cola, Harry's Shaving Products, IBM, American Airlines, Apple, Converse, Ikea, Johnson & Johnson, Lando Lakes, Progressive Insurance, and Toyota. You may have heard a few of those. In fact, one of those, uh, I reached in our refrigerator this morning and pulled out and put some butter on my waffle that I had for breakfast. We're not buying that anymore. I got to looking a little deeper, and I thought, well, I wonder how long this trend has been going on. So I did a little more research. In 2012, okay, are you following me? In 2012, the top 10 corporate funders of lesbian, gay, bisexual, transsexual, queer, plus issues included Wells Fargo to the tune of $3,562,000, Levi Strauss and Company, $1,710,000, General Electric, $350,000, Walmart, $281,000, thousand five hundred dollars. Macy's a hundred and thirty nine thousand and Verizon 
139,000. This is not a new agenda. This is nothing new. This is nothing new that these household names, these everyday names that we deal with, have had this agenda. And you recall there was a, there was a politician uh, not too terribly long ago said, they're coming after your children. And that's what they're doing, folks. Well, Rob's getting all excited and he's overreacting to this. Well, if I'm overreacting, why has household corporate corporations been promoting this with their funding at least since 2012? We see it being openly in front of our kids on the TV, the advertisements in front of our families and more because it's just not corporations. I went on to look, I had read a report about a church down in Katy, Texas. Now this really bothered me, not that only that it was a church, but it is the first Christian church of Katy, Texas that is promoting Pride Bingo. Saturday, June the 3rd at 7 p.m. This is a current off of their website. That's where I've got that. They also are hosting a family-friendly drag show. Now, I want to make something really clear to people. Every man, woman, and child of understanding is welcome to come into a church and hear the word of God and have the love of God expressed to them through the word and through the fellowship of brothers and sisters. But we are, according to the Bible, never supposed to endorse or support sin of any kind. This church, these corporations are doing just that. They are indoctrinating our children to make a mockery and accept the changing of God's creation. I think it goes along with what we're looking at here when we read about what Jesus is saying about the coming of the Son of Man. I want you to turn with me this morning in 2 Timothy because his time is growing closer, folks. His time is growing closer. 2 Timothy 3, chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. I want you to listen to what Paul writes to Timothy about my Bible has it captioned to come in apostasy and see if any of this stuff sounds familiar in our society today. Paul writes and says in chapter 3, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, Blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. You understand what that means, without natural affection? God created man and God created woman. Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent or without self-control. Fierce, despisers of those that are good. Sound familiar? Traitors. Petty, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. For of this sort 
are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers lust, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth? Now as Janus the Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs was also. I was pleased to see and am pleased to see, and I'm not saying it's anything but maybe Americans waking up to what we see being pushed in our society today by the boycott of these companies for actually promoting this in front. But it's just as simple. How many, and you can just show me by raise, uh, raising hands because I'll have to raise mine. The list that I read from 2012 and the list that I read about currently supporting this, how many of you knew that those products that you have on your shelf in your refrigerator or places that you go and shop were that involved with this agenda. I didn't know that. I had no clue. There's a reason you have no clue. They don't want you to know what your money goes to support. Okay? And that's what we have to be aware of and wake up as Christians. Okay? Because of what Paul warned Timothy about, we must be reminded of and warned ourselves in the very day and time that we live in. Because those things are not just some kind of future far off thing that's happening to another generation. All of those things are happening now, this day. Let's go back where we began in Luke chapter 17 as we conclude this series, 20 through 37, where Jesus answering the question from the Pharisees, when are you going to come back? When's, when's the day of the Lord? When shall you return? And the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he says. Jesus says, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation, in verse 20. Neither shall they say, lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And he said unto the disciples, The days will come when you shall desire to see one of the days of Son of Man, and you shall not see it. And they shall say to you, See here or see there, go not after them, nor follow them. For as the lightning that lighteneth out of one part under heaven shineth unto the other part under heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. But first must he suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, also it was the day in the days of Lot. They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life 
shall preserve it. I tell you, in that night there shall be two men in one bed. The one shall be taken, the other shall be left. Two women shall be grinding together. One shall be taken and the other left. Two men shall be in the field and one shall be taken and the other left. And they answered and said unto him, Where, Lord? And he said unto them, Wheresoever the body is, thither will the eagles be gathered together. Now we've already looked at four things about what Jesus says. If you recall, verse 22 said it would be desired. When are you coming, Lord, to, to, to put down this rebellion, to put down this mockery? And I find myself asking that question myself. Lord, how much longer are you going to allow this mockery to go on? So it's desired. It's also going to be visible globally. It's not going to be just something that Jesus returned to Kiwi. Jesus is going to return to the whole world all at the same time. It's going to be visible globally. That's why he paints that picture with the lightning going across the sky. You can see it from a long way off where it lightens up. So it's going to be visible all around the world all at the same time. People will know that Jesus has... It's going to be unexpected. He says that people were just going on about their daily lives, doing their daily routine, and it's going to happen that quick, unexpected. And it's going to be revealing because there's going to be people that's going to be lot like Lot's wife and going to turn from the Messiah and run toward where their heart really is. Remember we talked about that last time, where our priorities was. And then today we're going to look at the last two things, the final two points that Jesus makes. The first comes from 33 through 35. It's going to be divisive. There's going to be a division with people. In verse 33, Jesus says, Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. And who shall lose his life shall preserve it. I tell you, in the night there shall be two men. Now, the original Greek word in there is duo, which means people. Some of your translations may say two people. Probably referring to a married couple. Two people in one bed. The one shall be taken, the other shall be left. Two women shall be grinding together, the one shall be taken and the other left. Two men shall be in the field, one shall be taken and the other left. And they answered and said unto him, Where, Lord? And he said unto them, Wheresoever the body is, this is the eagle shall gather together. 33 through 35 talks about this division. Two, 50%. And we touched on this. Reveals where our heart is. Also will reveal where... We are on the fence. We're what side we have chosen. And you can look at these verses in a little different light. He says his second coming is going to create discord. It's going to create division. And if you recall, Jesus taught about division, teaching us about our relationship. And those who came to him would value their relationship more than their relationship with moms and dads and husbands and wives and sons and daughters and all other family members, Jesus' relationship, God's relationship, will be the number one relationship. And then all of those others will be secondary. And he said that he would put family member against family member, if we recall. That's me paraphrasing that. So we see here 
division in this case is two. He also taught about that, didn't he? On one hand would be the sheep and on the other hand would be the goats, right? In other words, that means those that are part of the flock, part of his, his family, joint heirs with Christ to the kingdom of heaven and those that are outside that relationship. Notice something else, there is not a third category. That's something that this world, this society wants us to think that there is a third category. And my friends, that's why it is so important for us to have our minds fixed, our hearts fixed, and our mouths fixed that you are either a child of God or you are a child of the devil. That's what the Bible says. There is no, oh, I'm undecided. He doesn't mention the undecided. He mentions the saved and the unsaved. And in the world that we live in today, do you know where they want to keep most people? Undecided. Because undecided is the same as lost. Almost persuaded. We sing that song. Almost, but lost. And that's what we have to realize. That's the goal. It's not to convert you necessarily to evil or to sin. It's just to leave you undecided. Because if you're undecided, you're just as unsaved as those that are committed to being a Satanist. And that's the thing about it. That's the thing that this world has done so, the Satan has done such a wonderful job, is keeping people undecided, making people think, you have plenty of time. You know why people in this generation believe that we have plenty of time before Christ returns, that we're going to have plenty of time before we have to make a decision, that we're going to have plenty of time before we have to repent of sins and, and get things right with the people that we've hurt and get things right with God? It's because the Bible is not being taught. That's why. That's why. It's because people don't understand what Jesus taught about. People don't understand what Paul warned young Timothy about. As, he was, as Paul's life was coming to an end and Timothy's ministry was beginning, he felt it important to say, hey man, there's going to be some bad stuff come down the line. You've got to be prepared. And that's what we're seeing. Is people are not being taught the scriptures. So they're unaware. So they can remain undecided and they can be comfortable in their indecision because there's no conviction of sin. There's no conviction in them for a sense of urgency because you got plenty of time. You just keep right on going, living your life the way you want to. You'll have plenty of time. You'll know. You'll know you'll, you've got plenty of time to do that. I want to tell you a little story that I didn't have written down in here, and I'm sorry if I run over, but I'm not really sorry. <laughs> Friday evening, I, it was up to me to cook supper. When I cook supper, that's Lakeside Market down there. They got great hamburgers. I'm putting a pitch in for him. So I, I, I take the order. I call it in, and I, I hop in the truck and head down to Lakeside. Friday night tournament guys are there. I strike up a conversation because there's a pretty big line. Me and another fellow's talking, and he said, uh, "How are you doing?" I said, "I'm I'm not doing as good as you. You're going fishing. I'm getting ready to go home and work in the garden." He said, well, you'll have good vegetables to eat in the fall, and I'll be eating out of a can. I said, I'd still trade going fishing. So I went and got my burger, and he happened to, when I stepped back out with my burger, he had already went out, and he was coming back to get his ice for the boat. I said, one last chance, I'll trade with you. I'll even throw in my hamburger. You go home and work, and we talked just for 30 seconds. 30 seconds was the difference. 
from me walking to the door to my truck and the time that I paused to talk to this gentleman. And as I was coming back toward the house here, got right just down past Skip and Pat's house there about Ellis Wells' uh, front yard, I could see a car coming and I thought, man, they're flying. And they were flying. And I let up off my gas and that car was running at best 80 on my side of the road. And he cut it back. It made me, it was so close and so scary I got sick to my stomach. Just how close it was. And they, he cut it back. And he went on his way and, and I come home. And I had to wait just a minute to eat because I was sick to my stomach of how close that was. You don't have plenty of time. Because if I wouldn't have, honestly, if I wouldn't have talked to that guy that I struck up the conversation with 30 more seconds, I would have been 30 seconds more down the road involved in a head-on collision on my side with somebody coming across the way at 80 some odd mile an hour. We don't know, folks. We do not know when we're going to be called. We do not know when Christ is going to return. That's how quickly Christ will return. As quickly as that car come around that curve, all I had time to do was let up off the gas. And it was over at that point. If you're waiting for some kind of magic event, some kind of different sign, some kind of plan B, and you think you're going to have time and you've never accepted Christ, you don't, folks. You don't have time to wait to be a ninth hour, 11th hour man or woman. Because we're not guaranteed that 11th hour. It can happen that quick. And, and I guess that happened to me just for this moment so that I could have my own story to tell about the brevity of life. There's going to be people doing what they do every day. There's going to be people going down to Lakeside Market to get hamburgers on the day that Christ returns. And they were going to say, you know, maybe next this Sunday I'll decide to come forward. It's just like that, folks. And that's what Jesus is teaching us here. That's what he is saying. You're going to be going about your everyday routine and snap, Jesus is coming back. And it's too late. It's too late to accept Christ once he returns. And that's what this next point is that he's talking about. It's going to be permanent in verse 37. I studied and studied and read and read. I'll be honest with you. I didn't have a good understanding of what he meant when he said this until I started doing this series so I could study it. Wheresoever, the, they asked him, well, where is this when? You know, where, Lord? Wheresoever the body is, thither will the eagles be gathered together. Now, eagles is in the King James. Some of your translations may say vultures, which is more accurate, okay? Because there's a big difference. There's a big difference between an eagle that, that normally is catch his life prey and eat it. Now, vulture, we know what old buzzards do. We know. They eat carrion. And what this is saying is, is where sin is, where the unrepentant is, there will be Christ judging. 
Now, does that make more sense? How, where? Wherever sin is. Why? Why is it that simple, Rob? Because what's going to happen to those that are saved? What's the Bible tell us? What's going to happen whenever Christ returns? The graves are what? You're going to open up. Those that are dead in Christ are going to rise. And then what happens? Those that are left shall be called up and meet them where? In the air. So what's left? The goats. The ones that's not part of the family of God. The ones that's going to have to go through the judgment without Christ saying, I know this person. They're my brother or sister in Christ. So wherever the buzzards are, what do you know? What know? What do you know is going on if they if you go outside and there's some buzzards floating around the field and they're getting down lower, lower, lower? You know there's something dead in the field, right? That's what he's saying here. Wherever sin is, Christ will be. The Messiah will be. The Judge will be. And that's what this means. And that's how permanent it is. That's how permanent and how final it is. There's no second chance. There's no second opportunity. Christ will return to make judgment. Is what he will do. Jude, verses 14 and 15. Turn with me there. And Enoch, verse 14, Jude 14. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these sayings, Behold, all right, I'll let you catch up. The Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convict, King James says convince, but it's convict, all that are ungodly among them of all of their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and all of their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Got it? Enoch prophesied of that. Jude, and this it's written here in Jude. What's going to happen? And I'll read it again, just so we can get it in our mind. Enoch, also the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these sayings, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convict all that are ungodly among them of all of their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all of their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. But Rob, I'm, a, I'm not a bad person. I know people that's good people. Surely that's not what that means. The world has convinced. I've heard other preachers talk about that. I've heard other good people talk about that good people are not going to end up like these murderers and these rapists and all of these other sins that we like to categorize. Where did you see that in there anywhere in what I just read? Who's he coming back to convict? The ungodly. How do you distinguish yourself from being godly or ungodly? By the blood of Jesus Christ. So if you're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, that means that you're on the which side of the slate? The sheep side, right? The godly side. Those that are going to have Christ as our advocate is, is for judgment. Now, if you're not on the godly side, what does that other side leave? Ungodly. I don't make this stuff up. I just read it. 
And I just encourage us to take it, not that you don't take it seriously, but just to look in the world that we live in. We've got young people. Wonderful to see those kids from little bitty, how old's Aspen? Three. Three. We got one younger? Yeah, well, I know we got uh, Liza's younger, but she fortunately can't understand the word I say. But <laughs> we've got them from three years old and on up. And look at our age group and see what kind of an assault on God's truth we have witnessed in our lifetime. Imagine what these kids is going to see. Can you imagine what they're going to, in schools, when they go off to college, whenever they get jobs, they've got to have a foundation rooted in the truth of God's word. Or where are they going to be? Undecided. I didn't say nothing about your kid being running off and, and doing some kind of crazy stuff. What's your kid, if they don't have a root in God's word, if they're not rooted in the truth of God's word, they're going to be undecided. And that's ungodly. I don't want a single person I know, I don't want a single person I don't know, just like God doesn't want a single person to stand on the wrong side of judgment and end up eternally in hell. We don't, I don't think none of us do that. None of us want that to happen. But when we fail to live it, when we fail to express it, when we fail to teach it, when we fail to encourage it, that is exactly what we're promoting. We're promoting the undecided. And that's why it's important that we have these kind of sermons, folks. I don't want you to think I'm just trying to beat you down, beat you down, beat you down, and that's not my intent. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you by making you aware if you're not already or if you think, well, maybe we're overreacting. Maybe it's really not as bad as we think it is. Maybe these things are really not happening. Maybe it's just the hype of the media. And that's not the case. This is the truth. This is things that's not only going on today. It's been going on for 11 years. Why? Why is it that a company would be so worried about supporting something like that? Very small minority of the people, the Babylonian pattern, if you'll look back in, in Daniel. When Israel was taken captive, the first thing they did, okay, was they, they held, they, they captivated the country, restricted everything that they did. Do we know what the second thing they did? Remember why Daniel got in trouble? Because they restricted worship. You can't worship your God. You've got to worship who we say or not worship of all. Sound familiar? Third thing they did, you know what the third thing they did was? Castrated the young men. Most all of their, the captives, the males, were castrated. Why would you do that? Why would you, why would you mutilate the youth? We see the same pattern today. Have people scared. Shut down the churches. Start restricting the churches because that's the place that people's going to get the truth. Shut them down. Restrict them. Make them say that they can't say this. Make sure you get those Ten Commandments, those silly suggestions off the walls, out of the public court, out of the public eye. Make sure you remove all of that. And then what are we going to do? We're going to go after their kids. And how are we going to do that? We're going to tell their kids that you can be whatever you want to be. You born a girl, you want to be a guy? No problem. We're going to support you in that. See the pattern? And it's a pattern that's been going on for decades. 
This ain't just a 2023 thing, a 2022 thing. The world's lost its mind with COVID thing. This is the plan from Satan that's been going on since Christ left the earth and was resurrected and said, I'll return to go out and preach and teach and baptize. He's been working ever since, and that's where we are today. And that's what he warned us about. And that's what I want to encourage you to. If you're here this morning, you've never accepted Christ. Today is the day. If, if I have successfully pointed out the truth of God's word and it's revealed to you, you are choosing, if you choose to walk out of here this morning without accepting Christ as your Savior, without repenting of your sins, without confessing him as such, being buried with him in baptism, raised that new creation. I'm not saying a perfect, you're not going to be perfect, you're just not going to be who you were. And the God and the Holy Spirit's going to work on you moving forward until Christ returns or you're called away. If you can't make that decision today, you're walking out of here undecided and it's the same as walking out of here lost, just like you walked in. And maybe you are saved. Maybe one time you made a commitment to Christ. But you realize, you know what? I'm not really offended by or I wasn't until this message. I wasn't really offended by the things that I see going on today. And you've changed. The Holy Spirit, not Rob, the Holy Spirit has convicted me and says, I need to get myself back in the right relationship with the Lord. Do that. You don't got to come up here. You don't owe me anything. You owe it to God and you. It's your relationship, not mine and yours relationship. It's not some kind of triangle. It's a two-way street. You and God, God and you. We're going to sing this hymn of invitation, I Surrender All. And that's what it takes. You must be willing to surrender the old so that Christ can put that out of your life and that he can give you something new to look forward to. And some of you Christians, you have to surrender those things that you've been clinging on to. That you know is not really acceptable to God. That you know I needed to take care of years ago, months ago, weeks ago, yesterday, whatever the case is. You know you need to get rid of that. Do that today. Because we don't never know when we're going to be coming back around the curve. And there's going to be that vehicle out of control on your side of the road. And it may not be that dramatic. You could just, have, you could just pass away in your sleep sometime. Intending the next day to accept Christ. We just don't know when it happens. We're going to sing this hymn of invitation. If you have a decision to make, I encourage you to come as we stand and sing. 177, I surrender all. <laughs>